People get comfortable with their setup and it's understandable. You work really, really hard to create this perfect bug out location. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in three, two, one. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0. I'm joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Did you ever hear a so-called prepper say something dumb and not well thought out like, uh, I can power my well with a bicycle, and your mind thinks of the eight reasons why that won't work? We call that one-dimensional prepping here. Our guest is Casey, the one-dimensional prepper who makes some of these points. Disclaimer and a shot of honesty Casey is not dumb. She's actually a squared away prepper. She's being a sport and playing the part of a one-dimensional prepper because we thought this would be a great way to make some points and it would be fun to have a seemingly dumb person who is not dumb. Well, we always pick, as of last episode, we always pick the sponsor superlative of the week. This comes about from us saying apparently too often that we have great sponsors. So we thought we're going to outdo ourselves. We're going to have a superlative of the week. So Shelby will be referring to our sponsors with the superlative absodutely. Absodutely. And one of our great sponsors that we always like to mention. Who's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely is U.S. Law Shield. They are legal protection in case you find yourself in a situation where you need to protect yourself, whether with a firearm, whether with your fists, and you will most likely find yourself entangled in litigation, possible charges, um, which can ruin you financially. U.S. Law Shield is um, legal insurance. That's the word I'm looking for against such a thing to help protect you. So if you find yourself in a need to protect yourself, give them a call if you need any sort of legal advice or help. And it's about $100 a year. It's how, super, how do folks sign up for U.S. Law Shield? Super easy. Go to our website at prepping2-0.com. Click on Friends and Affiliates. You'll find, find uh, their links there and some of their good deals. There you go. Well, there's been a, a bit of a controversy brewing in the prepper world. It involves New Mana Foods. Uh, Mike Adam, the health ranger, uh, has a commercial dispute with New Mana. New Mana is a sponsor. Great friend of the show, I might add. We've had had him on. That's right. Even Daniel recently. Brinkman has yes. been on. Um, we just wanted to let everybody know that we know about it. We got a lot of messages from you. Uh, there are two sides to every story. Our position here at Prepping 2.0 is... There's a commercial dispute between two people. We don't claim to know the facts, but we are not going to run away from Numana. We're going to stand by them and simply say there are two sides to every story. It's a commercial dispute. These things happen. So there you have it. There you go. Shelby, what do we have in the merch shack? We have hoodies and hats. Are these... Bad hoodies and bad hats? No. If you, many people out there already own our hoodies and they mm-hmm. know how super awesome, comfortable, fuzzy they are, especially this time of year when things are starting to get, at least where we are for sure in Western Montana, super chilly. Great uh, gift idea as well. And the hats are, you're kind of digging the hats. They're absolutely wonderful. Yep, they She's are. She's trying not to laugh. I'm trying not to laugh here. So <laughs> they are the ever popular flex fit kind and they have a ever so slight camo background and they have the very iconic I Miss America emblazoned on them. Great conversation starters. Well, the reason of the week to be a Patreon this week is outtakes. That's right. We have funny outtakes that only um, Patreons who get the after show get to hear. I have to tell you, these outtakes are pretty doggone funny. I'll let the record speak for itself. They are hilarious. And speaking of the after show, um, episode 208, which was our last episode with Sam Culper, was a great show. Um, we included the after show for free in the regular show. So if you're not a Patreon, you got to hear the after show. We're doing that to let folks know how awesome the after show is so that they realize they can't live without it. Because once you hear the after show and all the hilarity and wonderful content that is, you will say to yourself, I wish I had a time machine to go back in time and relive my life and have subscribed to the after show as a Patreon from my birth. Absol- that's that's the reaction a lot of people are having. Absolutely. Oh, that was clever. Well, I wanted to introduce Casey, the one-dimensional prepper, and she's going to be making some points, some one-dimensional prepping points. These are uh, largely based on 
suggestions we had from our Patreons, because one of the other reasons to be a Patreon is you get to ask questions, suggest topics, ask questions of our guests. So these are, with one exception, um, Patreon-supplied, one-dimensional prepping ideas. So, Casey, would you please make your first one-dimensional prepping observation? I sure will. Hi, guys. It's great to be with you tonight. So my first one is, I have guns and many of them, so your food is going to become mine. Well, Casey, let's unpack that statement and think about it. Hmm. Um, You have a lot of guns, so my food is going to be yours. Do you expect resistance from me? Well, so what this person, what Casey is is saying is that she has she will fight her way into your house she will fight you she will assault you she could possibly use a firearm against you to get to your food because it's that desperate right because she didn't prep because her plan and that's in mock quotes right is that she's got guns so our food will be hers uh casey do you expect any resistance or do you think that uh people are just going to give you their food no, my guns will do the talking. Oh, I see. Your guns will do the talking. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think that people might be be shooting back at you? Uh, possibly. Do you have a plan for that? No, no, I'm just relying on my guns. I see. You're one-dimensional, I see. You know what I think is so ah. funny about this is that, like like Lynn said earlier, is that Casey is a squared-away prepper, and she's finding it she's hard struggling. to do. <laughs> she's struggling to be dumb. So, yes. it's, but the, it but it, sounds very silly. Yes, and we appreciate it. So w- one thing we talked about kind of off-air, and we have a little bit of time or just a few minutes to unpack this. This is a legitimate. This we, happens a this lot. Happens. We've, we've we had, hear it a lot. We do, and which is why I'm glad it's the first one. Squared away people, people that, um, well, let's use your example that you're mentioning. You know, a police officer, yes, deputy, somebody in law enforcement out there mm-hmm. who has been told by his fellow officers. officers that when things go sideways and the zombies show up, I'm coming to your house, I'm going to steal your food. It's worse than that. This right. officer said that his fellow officers, unbeknownst to them, that that this officer was a prepper. The other officers said specifically that they had a list of addresses of other police officers and civilians who are preppers, and they're just going to go use their badges and guns and go get stuff. This is not anti-cop. I'm telling you what three cops in one particular place said. So that's obviously not all cops, but the idea that uh, it's it's a very short-lived idea because you might get away with this once or twice. Maybe, you know, if you see a Prius in the driveway, you're pretty assured that you're not going to have any resistance, but you will meet with resistance. And unless you have an entire SWAT team to do a perimeter and do a bunch of other stuff, uh, you're going to get shot trying to take people's stuff. And first of all, when there's no law, people will shoot you, especially to protect themselves and their stuff, because food is effectively their life. Sort of like in the Wild West where horse thieves were hung, because if you steal a guy's horse, he's going to die out in the wilderness. So it is effectively his life. And don't forget that um, all these uh, people that have food are going to band together. They're going to have, thinking of a suburban setting with a cul-de-sac, there's going to be a checkpoint getting in and out of the cul-de-sac. Um, people will band together to protect their stuff. And I really hope that it's not police officers doing this because that means people after a couple days of this are going to see a cop car and Swiss cheese it. And, and that's not good for anybody. No, that's, it, it's, it, it's incredibly dangerous. It adds to the lawlessness. The other aspect of it too, I wanted to add, I also know, military members who, because of their experience overseas in third world countries or underdeveloped countries, this is, this is how it's done. And so they've seen how it done, how it's done. Oh yeah. Yeah. I've got experience in how to do this. I'm, I'm, then it's the, it's the same answer. So, and I want to add to what your answer would, it would be is also preppers aren't just, um, we're not just prepping with food. Yeah. Yeah. We have the ability, most preppers to defend ourselves and we will. Exactly. This, so this is a very 
short-lived and bad idea that you had, Casey, the one-dimensional prepper. That was a terrible idea you had. Shame on you, Casey. (laughs) Jeez, can't even believe you had that idea. Okay, Okay. so uh, (laughs) just want to jump in here and uh, give an absolutely awesome... Ooh, I put two A's together. Absolutely yeah. awesome uh, mention of our great sponsors. I'm darn gonna got great in there. Jared Savick, you can find him over at redstate-realtors.com. A great uh, realtor will help you get relocated to Montana. Katie Armour, Backwoods Home Magazine. We just got our latest issue. So yummy. Yep. New Mana Foods. Yes, Minute we stand by New Mana Foods. Stand by them. Good food out there. Minuteman Coffee, EMP Shield. Also, Paul Burke, we had him on recently. He's an Idaho realtor. You can find him at firstresponserealty.com or at our website. All of our friends and affiliates um, that um, sponsor our show, which they are awesome, you can find them all at prepping2-0.com. Click on the friends and affiliates page. There's tons of coupon codes over there, too. There sure are. And by the way, Paul Burke's website, there's actually a licensing requirement for realtors in Idaho. So it's First Response Realty powered by fathom realty who's his broker so sorry legal requirement gotta say that if believe me it's not paul's idea he's not all for that's a mouthful of words but i'm so glad we have a lawyer in the house it is i know i you you need me often (laughs) (laughs) that's right well casey what is your second point you'd like to make my second one's about water i'm just planning on buying and storing enough water for all of my family's needs so it sounds like you're not going to mess with purification or uh, transportation of water. You're just going to get like like some like gallon jugs of water and just buy some and store a bunch of it. Is that what you're saying? That's the plan. That and you know, bottled water wherever I can fit it into the house. Yeah, well, bottled water is great for putting in your kid's snack pack when they go to <laughs> soccer. But it's not. Be real. nice to I the know, guests. I know. I know. I'm just. I'm trying to. I'm trying to. The okay. drama. People love the drama. They do. They, they like the humor more. So let's. Okay. <laughs> so let's poke some holes into this. You go first. Okay. Um, Casey, have you thought about how much water your family needs when you're deciding that you're going to store all this water? How many gallons a day do you think every member of your family needs? Just ballpark it. Oh, two to three. Two to three sippy cups or gallons. Two to three gallons. Okay. Two to three gallons. So, so she, she knows that. Okay. That's good. So how many are in your family? Five. Five. So 10 to 15 gallons a day. Um, so, and how many days are there in a month? <laughs> I'm not sure. No. <laughs> 30. 28 in February, unless it's a leap year. Oh, stop. <laughs> it sounds, Casey, like uh, you would have to store... Um, hundreds and hundreds, perhaps thousands of gallons of water. Uh, how long do you think an event would last where you would need to store water? Is this a, like a short-term event or, I mean, how, how, how long out do you have your storage plan for? Well, I think you always hope for a short-term event. I just store as much as I possibly can in my home. Hmm. Uh, Shelby has some thoughts on I this. I have some uh, some holes to poke. So, um, some let's think back. And this is just conversation. I'm not going to poke holes. And she's not going to be mean. Like I'm not me. going to be a meanie pants. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for those of us who have lived in uh, urban environments and, and high density cities, I, and I have, and we've talked about this. I've lived in Portland, Oregon, where more than once in the time that I lived there, we were put on boil notice because there was some sort of a water. Something, something, there was an impurity in the water. So we were put on a boil notice. I don't know if anyone <clears throat> that in this conversation has been there, but what happens immediately when that happens is every single bottle of water in any grocery store within a hundred mile radius of that city is gone. Yeah. So that's, so it's gone. The other thing I'd like to point out, let's think back to COVID when everyone was buying toilet paper. What was one of the second and third level things that all of a sudden you couldn't find or there were severe limits on it? Bottled water. I remember not being able to find bottled water at Costco, which, or having severe limits. You could only buy like one case of it. So I want to just let people know who have this sort of idea that they're just going to buy enough water. Very difficult when there's suddenly no water because everybody will be buying those bottles of water. Everyone will be um, 
there, it, to just go out and buy water is not going to be uh, it's not going to be possible. So yeah, and water doesn't store very long, um, especially when water is uh, subjected to light. I mean, if you keep it in a dark black tote or something, it could last bottled well, water well, technically, a couple of years. They, Technically, water lasts forever. It's the plastic yeah. that they're in doesn't last very as long yeah. as you think. And and there that's a problem. And so um, we did an episode off the top of my head, number ninety one. By the way, Shelby marvels at how I can remember episode well, numbers. So I just want to brag a little so bit. My wife thinks I'm cool. Off on a side tangent here. This is where you agree. Th- no. Okay. Um, we are working on because we are realizing how hard this is working on putting a, a search function on yes. our website so you can put in search water and find all the up all the archives mm-hmm. and then you would know it's episode 91 okay yeah so there so we we did an entire episode on water uh, the procurement of it the treatment of it the transportation of it and the storage of it and those are four things much like the other topics that Casey is being such a good sport about, hmm. things are not one dimensional. There are often multiple steps. There's a system to everything. And so um, acquiring water, you know, I mean, is it a swimming pool? Is it a creek? Um, what is it? Um, treating water. There are a lot of ways to treat water. Um, we're going to be having, actually, this would be a good time to announce it, a, a new sponsor coming up who does some pretty amazing water treatment stuff. So that will be um, coming. We will have some news for you on that. So you have to treat it. There's a variety of ways to treat it. Um, there are pills and things like that, which are not the best long-term because you don't really need all that iodine. It's in an, it, ends, it, it has an effect in your gut. Yeah. It's speaking not, from experience. It's not awesome. Yeah. yeah when you were hiking a lot. Uh, and then you have to have a way. This is the part people forget. They You have to have a way to transport water. You have to have containers and all of that. You have to have security while you are transporting the water. Um, and so there's all kinds of things to this. So it's not one dimensional. And um, sorry, Casey, I, I think your plan is is not well thought out. Sorry to break it to you. <laughs> she giggles. I love it. So we have, gosh, probably about I don't know six or so more minutes. So let's ask. Let's ask. Let's hear the next question. Yes. Or statement from. What's your next statement, Casey? Okay, so I feel pretty safe because I already live in my bug out location. And by that you mean you live out in the country, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you don't secure. need to have a plan for possibly moving to another location because you're already kind of squared away. Yeah, I feel pretty safe here. Well, that's good. That's great. So, yeah. two thoughts on this. If I were Casey, which I kind of am in the sense of I live out in the country, I feel pretty safe. Yeah. Here's where we pop a hole into, <laughs> into this uh, story. Is think Let's think back, I think it was about three or four years ago, to Paradise, California, which is no longer on the map. Right. Paradise, California had a massive wildfire sweep through it in a matter of minutes and killed many people because like it was 40. like for, very quickly they were trapped in their cars. It was very it was very tragic. And this town is no longer there. I remember at the time watching this happen. And these are people that live in a very, very it was a very small town, rural environment. And I remember seeing a post by somebody on a freeze drying, freeze dryer uh, post where they're like, I thought everyone would be bugging out to my place. I never thought I would need to bug out all in all of their preps. And she had put a picture up of her house, her entire house that had been stored full, chock full was the bug out location for everybody because it was the rural location was gone. How, what's really amazing is the harvest right freeze dryer was still standing, although inoperable. But um, I think I think it depending on your environment, if you live in the city, you definitely need to have a bug out location. If you live in a rural community, you need to be prepared for a natural disaster such as that, something where you would need to get out for another many variety of reasons. We need to be honest. Now that we live in Montana, we kind of have not really thought through the alternate location thing because we'll go to Casey's house. Yeah, we'll go to Casey's <laughs> house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I, I have to admit, it is it is uh, alluring yes. to live in a great setup and not think about 
having to move, we should probably work on an alternative location. You know what? Yeah, we have it. We're going to Casey's. Yeah, we're going Absolutely. to Casey's. Absolutely. <laughs> so this is a common problem in the prepping mm-hmm. community is people get comfortable with their setup. And, and it's understandable. You work really, really hard to create this perfect bug out location that is your permanent location. And the last thing in the world you want to do is think about leaving it all. Right. It's hard to do, but it's something that you should probably do because it is kind of one dimensional to just assume you have it, you, you have it made. Um, and that's kind of, so that, and, and we already have the, the list of questions, but we've kind of already discussed number four. What do you think? Um, no, I think that's something that we should, we should bring up and we'll start it off now and, mm-hmm. and we'll probably have to, uh, continue it on the other side yeah, of the break. Okay. So will that, so Casey, what is, uh, your one dimensional point number four? So Shelby's right. It does kind of build on uh, the previous one, but I don't need a village tribe or network because I do live in the middle of nowhere and I'm going to be just fine. Yeah. So you're assuming everyone around you is cool. <laughs> right. Cause it's the country and people in the country are cool. Right. They help each other out. Generally, obviously more so than in blue areas, but uh, yeah, I mean, there is crime. In, in rural areas, um, there's this thing called meth. It's kind of a big deal. Fentanyl. 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 How do you Fentanyl. say it? Fentanyl. Fentanyl. <laughs> it, is, it is kind of a problem. And, uh, and, and so you've got the fact that you're surrounded by people uh, that you may not know. We'll get into that one dimensional prep later. Um, the other thing is, is that without a tribe or a network, you're, you're going alone on this. Now you say you live out in the middle of nowhere where there are cool people basically around you. We've addressed the fact that they may not all be cool. The fact that you live in the middle of nowhere means there's large transportation distances between you and other people you might need, like a doctor or something like that. So that would be a reason not to assume that since you live in the middle of nowhere, you don't need a MAG, uh, Mutual Assistance Group, I should quit using um Acronyms. I would think that if you live in the middle of nowhere, that probably means you need a tribe even more, not less, um, because there are distances. And don't forget that while rural areas are 100% better places to be, no question, you also have the problem of not having all the stuff at the ready because, you know, the stuff needs to come on highways and highways can get disrupted and all that other stuff. So you may not have as much stuff. Now you generally have much better people. So I'll take better people over more stuff, but it, uh, it's, it's not as one dimensional as it seems. And, you know, prepping 2.0, we're big believers in community tribe, mutual assistance groups, stuff like that. So let me give a final thought on this one and we'll jump into the break. But the other one that just where we live and we've talked to our neighbors that are really cool people. The other one is response time for crime. A major, major crimes can happen and go on for a very long time because it takes a long time for uh, law enforcement to get to you. So let's flesh that out yeah. a little bit after the break because that, that is something to consider. So folks, we're going to keep talking to Casey on the other side of the break or we're going to do most of the talking let her uh, bring up some points. But uh, join us on the other side of the break for more Uh, on Intel from Casey, the one-dimensional prepper. More Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO, Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to Numana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Numana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. 
When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself. And save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Shelby Gallagher here. Thanks for rejoining us. We're just getting started with our discussion of one-dimensional prepping with Casey. We're going to continue this into the after show, and we have a whole list more of questions to go. So think about becoming a Patreon. But we were talking about and uh, response time and why you need a tribe and good neighbors, mutual assistance group, even when you're living in a rural community. And one thing that came to my mind is response time for law enforcement. It takes a lot longer just by sheer distance. We have a friend who... He was out of town. He was not at home. Wife is at home. They have a, she has someone who's been stalking them and he is standing at like in their doorway, like on the their, bad guy, the bad guy, bad guy standing in their doorway. She has called 911. She can defend herself. Yeah. But they're kind of doing this verbal standoff and he's not leaving. And she's, she's, you know, just kind of standing there. I want this guy to, and, and they've had problems with him. 40 minutes, 45 yeah. minutes it took for deputies to get there. And, and I believe, so you, I think it's good to have that person, those people you can call on because I, I, we told these friends next time that happens, if that happens, you call us too. We're, we'll, we'll be firing out there a lot sooner than uh, law enforcement. With our new Gibbs arms. With, yeah, with our new Guns. Gibbs arms. So what are your thoughts on that though, Glenn? Um, there's that, yes, response times. The other thing is that, and, and this is going to sound weird coming from us, but and we're huge fans of red states and rural areas, but let's be real. Um, still, I'm going to make up a number. I'm going to say 40% of people, even in rural areas, are government-loving idiots. They're not cool. They're not cool. Yes, that's a better way of saying it. And so... If you are out in a rural area, and let's say your neighbors are all cool, which is awesome, um, absolutely, it's absolutely, awesome. yeah. Then you've got the other problem of there might be people in the town that that you live by that might think differently, and the town might become its own sort of gang, if you will. I mean, that like people who are not, you know, invited into the. Uh, into the town, you know, the town puts up barricades. There could be town versus rural um, problems with all that. So there's that. Well, I wanted to tell folks about Gibbs Arms. I mentioned that a little a moment ago. Gibbs, G-I-B-B-Z, Arms. They make innovative AR platform firearms. You really have to see 
the innovation to appreciate it, it would take too long to describe, and a picture is worth a thousand words. So to get the picture that's worth a thousand words, go to their YouTube channel, which is Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms, and their website is Gibbs Arms, G-I-B-B-Z Arms, Dot com and uh, you know they'll, I was be ha- they'll be on our friends and affiliates page here pretty quick. Too. They sure will. I was I was having a conversation with them today, and I said, you know, I think this is a good time to be selling guns. And the reason is, we all got a bunch of guns leading up to 2020. Um, I I know I did, and uh, and and then there was the the pandemic stuff and everything. And now, if you're like me, and a lot of you are out there. You, you got a hankering for kind of some new stuff. I mean, you know, I have enough AR-15s. Um, I think I'm going to be uh, looking into a pistol caliber carbine, nine uh, millimeter, um, eight inch barrel, something like that. So, and I don't have one of those. So um, this might be a good time if you haven't bought some guns in a while um, to get back into it because buying guns is awesome. Well, and it's a... And Gibbs Arms is is definitely innov- the innovations that come out in firearms are just always continuing to grow, and and they're a fine example of that. So we're glad to have them on board. Sure are. The archive ep- episode of the week is episode twenty one, which was called Homesteading and Prepping: Similarities and Differences. This is one of our better episodes, I have to say. We had our our guest and our very good friend Derek Smiley. He was both a homesteader and a prepper, and. A lot of people assume it's the same thing. There's tons of overlap, self-reliance being the overlap. There's tons of overlap, but there are some differences, and it was a fascinating episode. That aired on March 13th, 2019. Wow, back in the good old days. Four years ago, three and a half? Yeah. Long time ago. And so we encourage folks, we have so many new listeners every episode, we encourage folks to go back and listen to the older episodes because there's still some gold in those things. Mm-hmm. And, and Shelby, where does one find the old episodes? Find the old episodes at prepping2-0.com. I, I'm hoping that's what you're alluding to. It is, absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm like, you have that look on your face where I'm like, did you put some in a, like a thumb drive somewhere that I don't know about? <laughs> no. Well, let's, uh, let's go back to Casey, the one-dimensional prepper. Uh, Casey, what is your next one-dimensional ill-thought-out plan that you have for prepping? <laughs> Sure. So I have survival seeds in a can, so I should be good to go on any gardening. Yeah, there's quite a learning curve to gardening. Um, I think Shelby can attest to that. Why don't you take it away? There's quite a learning curve to gardening. Why do you think there's 10 million folks? Why do you think there's 10 million gardening books out there? Because we're all looking for the way to just do exactly. I'm just going to put some seeds in the ground and grow. Doesn't happen that way. You need to know your climate, your, and I'm learning ours now in Western Montana, learning the new climate that we're in, learning how to produce and, and, and formulate my soil, how, what the growing conditions are. And then there's those years that you just have a bad year and you're not going to get any tomatoes. You're not going to get any peppers because it was some condition in the area didn't work. So you cannot just depend on that can to get you through you do need to grow that skill now does that mean you need to go out and grow that skill and and harvest you know 50 acres of something of tomatoes no it means you need even if you're just kind of dabbling in gardening gardening that's better than nothing dabble in it grow yourself a salad or so every summer but make sure you know how to do it so that if you need to scale it up because things are getting really dicey you can and you can do it with good knowledge I think that cartoons have done um, America quite a disservice. Who doesn't love cartoons? Glenn Tate doesn't love cartoons. Here's why. Because in so many cartoons, a character, usually a duck that talks or something insane like that. They just pull a carrot out of the ground and eat it. Yeah, they just pop a seed in the ground and it grows. And I think that most people who have never tried gardening, and is now we're not trying to discourage anyone, but it's way harder than it looks. Well, what we are discouraging is that you're just going to put seeds in the ground and they'll grow. What we are encouraging people to do is put seeds in the ground and start learning. Exactly. There's all kinds of things that I never really thought of when it comes to gardening. And this goes back to some of our experiences. First of all, there are weeds. Uh, Second of all, there are bugs. There would be these like these larvae. I think that's the plural of larva. 
larvae. Well, yeah, bugs are bugs want to eat just as much as you. They're do. the weird bugs that show up that like you never even conceived of. They're like out of a horror movie. They're the weirdest things. And then there are critters, uh, rabbits and deer that eat stuff. Um, and then there's there's freezes that come at, at sort of random times and kill everything and kill everything. It's it's quite a battle with nature to get something edible to grow out of the ground, especially in a big enough quantity to feed yourself. So we're not saying it's impossible. Uh, we are saying that it takes a couple dry runs. I think that one of the reasons to start gardening, and we've, we've mentioned this on the show when we've talked about skills, and gardening is a skill that we oh, talk about a lot, is that the, the run-up time is pretty significant. And so um, your first year of gardening, you're probably not going to do so well. Don't have that be the year that you really need the food. Right. And I encourage people, if this is something you want to, well, it shouldn't, this is something you want to do. Find a couple, because there's a gazillion out there, YouTube channels or gardeners out there that put out social media on how to do, and they do all the how-tos, how to prune tomatoes, how to grow cucumbers, how to grow garlic, how to grow, and they have all the little vignettes of all the things to grow. The two favorites that I've been watching, because they have very similar climates that to Western Montana, is the- M- Antarctica. Antarctica. Yes. The MI Gardener. I think the Michigan Gardener. Very similar zone. Another one. I just looked him up, the gardening channel with James Prigioni. Um, he is out of New Jersey. And so he grows garden a, state. a garden state that has a very it's on their sim- license plate. It's oh, got to be true. It has a very similar climate to Western Montana and how minus to the pollution. It will minus the communism. Yeah. But whatever. <laughs> um, so I encourage you to start. Start. Yes. Put seeds in the ground. Start. Start doing it. And then keep working at it. Go ahead. Another great way to learn gardening and it's, it's um, mystifyingly simple, is find someone who knows what they're doing and hang out with them. Gardeners, I've found, love to talk about gardening. It's almost like ham radio guys like to talk about ham radio. You, you, I want to poke so much fun at you right yeah, now. Are okay. you going to hang out with some gardeners? I'm thinking about it. Are you really? I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Because there's a gardener in our area we know of. Yeah. And um, they they know because they've been doing it for a long time and they're happy to tell you about it. And don't worry about talking to a gardener and they find out that that you're a prepper. Well, if they're gardening, they've got a bunch of food and they're being open with you. You should be open with them. So don't hesitate. Talking about gardening is not talking about prepping. No, no it's different. It's a lot of people garden. It's just because your gardener does not make you a prepper. That's right. right. There you go. That's right. So um, survival seeds in a can are a great thing to have. It's a great start. It's a great start. But see, it's just one of the parts of the system. And uh, just looking at the seeds, it's kind of one-dimensional. But that's what one-dimensional Casey's all about. One-dimensional Casey, what's your next one-dimensional point? Okay, the next one is I don't need to store any fuel because I'm just going to siphon it from other vehicles. Have so, you ever done that, Casey? Yeah, have you ever siphoned fuel? <laughs> I haven't practiced, no. Yeah, I, uh, Shelby's laughing because of the story I'm about to yeah, tell. Yeah, please do. This is awesome. So I had to get some gasoline out of, uh, out of a, a tank of some kind, at like a st- fuel storage thing at our house in Washington State. And so I, uh, I put the siphon thing in. I didn't really want to do it, but I thought, don't be a baby. He was going to man up. Yeah. Don't be a baby. Just siphon it. Um, I ended up with gasoline in my lungs and my stomach. I kid you not. I was burping gasoline. It was, he was I smelled so, like charcoal girl, lighter. Stand, ladies, stand yeah. back. He's all mine. Burping gasoline. <laughs> it was awful. The other thing is, is a lot of vehicles now have in the gas cap area. Like, it's a standard. Yeah, yeah. It's a standard. Like a little... Uh, like mesh thing so that you can't get a siphoning hose into gas tanks. Siphoning gas out of gas tanks probably worked really well in 1974, but it doesn't work well anymore. And so you're not going to really get fuel, even if if you get the gasoline burps, which are disgusting. Um, And and you're also going to get shot. Yeah. There's that. I'm just going to promise off here. If Casey wanted to get closer to two-dimensional prepping, she could... Probably go out there and buy like a super fancy pants 
you know, upgraded, not 1974 siphon hose that could actually bypass some of those mechanisms. But you're still going to get shot. Yeah. So that's kind of a short lived <laughs> and, uh, and plan. At some point, I mean, the gas just becomes such a shortage that people aren't keeping, you know, they're keeping. I remember back in college when I would keep like $2 in gas in my car because that's all I could afford, right? Where you just keep it barely above empty. Thanks, Biden. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we're at these days, right? So, uh, yeah, it's ask anyone who's lived through a collapse, gasoline, the available, pretty soon vehicles aren't used anymore. It becomes so limited. Yeah. And the other thing is, and this this is common to many of the one-dimensional prepping ideas, realize that whatever it is that you suggest as your simple plan, everybody else is going to be trying it. Yeah. And so everybody's going to be siphoning gas. I mean, you're going to run through a lot of ammo shooting people that are siphoning your gas and it's ineffective and you're going to get gasoline burps. <laughs> there is no upside to siphoning gas what would happen if you had accidentally, well, not accidentally, you had the gasoline burps, which means you're wearing gasoline and you've inhaled it and you get shot? Oh, I bet you'd blow up in a ball <laughs> of flame. That would be cool. Anyway. Yeah. Anyways, this is such a serious episode of Prepping 2.0 that we're doing. Uh, Casey, um, what is your next <laughs> one-dimensional prepping point that you have for us? So this one is about a country boy or girl can survive. So who needs a reference library and or skills development? I grew up in the country, so I know all I need to know. Huh. The number of things you need to know to carry on modern life is a whole lot. And if you already know all these things that you need to know to carry on modern life, you would be a completely squared away homesteader living off grid, completely self-sufficient. And they're like, four people in the country doing that. Um, so it's, it's really not practical. I mean, if you're already at that level, then you're just one of the very few and you should be teaching classes instead right, of listening to this show, sharing right? Sharing the knowledge. You should be writing the books, right? Yeah. And reference libraries are invaluable. We have a couple books. I don't remember the titles of them off the top of my head. But they are things that show like a like a one page plan, like a drawing for making, you know, a chicken coop or a wood pile or something like that. There, there are all kinds of reference books on on medicinal things. That's very important. Obviously, skill development. Um, there's a cool T-shirt that you guys might be seeing some more of that says mindset, skill set and tool set, because that in order is what you need to make it through what's coming. And that's an emphasis on skills and mindset and not having stuff. Well, I do, I mean, I do think that there's those of us in the prepping world that there are things that I know, I know how to do and I don't need a book. I get that, but that's a limited universe. There's a whole, there's nobody out there. I would, I would disagree a little bit with Glenn. There's nobody out there that knows it all. The books on our shelves, we have more than two, by the way, you know that, right? Yeah. We have two bookshelves. Yeah. Um, how to, how to hunt and skin and, and process your own animals, how to raise and process your own birds, how to, um, a lot, how to take care of horses when, before the vet arrives, how to 25 top, um, great projects to build as a prepper from pallets. Though all these skill project sort of books that I it would take me a lifetime to learn just to, just to, the veterinary skills to take care of horses, just the hunting skills and the, and the meat process. It would take me a lifetime to learn it, have to have somebody develop, you know. But it's nice to have that book on hand so that if I'm in a situation where I need to like learn it kind of on the quick and fast fly. I could do it. And I think about an example. Somebody, one of our listeners told us about a while ago where they had a pig, they needed to have it processed, but because they couldn't get the pig into the loading van to get it to the processor, a stubborn little beast it was, they missed their processing date, which means now they're like six months out. So they're like, well, we're not going to keep growing this pig that's already well beyond its processing. So they did it themselves. She said, now, are those pretty cuts of meat? Nope but we learned how to do it. Yep. And I'm sure if I asked her and pressed her, they probably had to use a book or two. Exactly. Or a website and YouTube. We are so spoiled by having the internet. 
Now, is it a good thing? Like when I was trying to put um, onto the lawnmower the bagging, well, the isn't that leaf where, bagging apparatus? That was awful. Yeah. I think that's where you learned how to siphon gas that was on YouTube. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, yeah, all of these little things, all of these gadgets, all of these where you can't. It's great for that. But yes. what it's not good for the internet is is anything you need to know when there's no electricity or there's no internet and so we've become very, I don't know, very dismissive of books, I think, and in spoiled. general. And spoiled. Yeah, and there, spoiled. There will come a time when uh, YouTube will not allow. I mean, right now you can't watch videos on YouTube on how to process animals. Well, that's a skill. There's some of these things that will be deplatformed or taken away. So it's good to know them through other mediums. And this, in closing on this topic, uh, we have many more to come, by the way. The skills part of this and the point that you can't know it all, this is yet another reason to have a network, a tribe, a mutual assistance group, Mm -hmm. no matter where you live, because you can't know it all, but you can know people who know stuff. Yes. Exactly. Well done. Thank you. Um, Well, Casey, what is your next one dimensional statement? So if things go south or the zombies come, I'm going to grab my camping gear and just head to the lake. Yeah. Um, so your camping gear, how long do you think you could make it with your camping gear? Oh, I don't know. Uh, two days, a week. So do you plan on living longer? Do you plan on living longer than a couple of days or a week? I'd like to live longer. Yes. Yeah. That's the plan. Yeah. Um, camping gear is for camping and not for living. Uh, um, And the other thing is everyone else and their dog is going to be doing the very same thing. Uh, And we call those people um, bodies that are recovered in the spring after the thaw because they're going to go out to the woods and they're going to die. And the bears will eat some of them and uh, the, the winter will come and then the thaw will come and there will be all these people with camping gear. That's how you'll be able to spot the bodies because they'll have backpacks. You are so morose (laughs) wow (laughs) so i have two thoughts on this i yes i agree with glenn a lot of people have the same thoughts we're just gonna we're gonna bug out and go and you know grab the tents and sleeping bags and and a fire starter will be fine i encourage people you've heard me say this before the show called alone i love that show where they have taken people given them camping and gear and sent them out into the very minimal camp. Very gear. like, but it's decent. I mean, it's a tent, it's a tarp, it's a fire starter, it's a pot, it's a sleeping bag. I mean, it's, it's stuff that you can use. Send them out into the Canadian wilderness and see who lasts the longest. Uh, for a while there, nobody was lasting beyond a hundred days. One of the seasons, I think it was eight or nine or ten. They, they whoever made it to a hundred days. We're talking days. We're not talking years. We're talking days. That pe- and, and what gets them is the loneliness and the starving. Loneliness first, starving second, where they're just, I, oh, and, the, and the starving comes with, they do a medical check on these people and they get medically checked out because they are functionally starving. It takes them months to recover from, that, from the challenge. The second one I think of, the only time I've ever heard of this actually working, there is a very, look it up. There's a very, very remote family in like, deep Siberian northern Russia that um, four or five people in this family fled um, Eastern Orthodox persecution. They fled for their lives. And they have been living in the Siberian wilderness in a makeshift makeshift cabin by themselves. And there's one family member left. And, and, and this person is extremely elderly. That's the only time I've ever heard of somebody fleeing to the woods and lasting for a length of time. So what are your thoughts, Glenn? I think that a so-called plan of grabbing your camping gear and heading to your heading to the lake is mislabeled. It's not a plan. It's the opposite of a plan. It's an unplan. And yes, I make up a new word every single episode. It's kind of like the Airbnb answer to COVID. Hey, we'll just go stay in an Airbnb until everything blows over. 
It's not that. It's it's not not a plan. It's not a plan. It's a very temporary plan. Thinking that whatever's happening is going to blow over. I think we'll just go camp for camping for a month or two. So sorry, Casey. Yeah, we don't agree. So we have one. We have like two more, three more minutes for one more. Well, for the regular show, and then we've got like another ten questions. For the after show. For the after show. It's just, it's it's getting good. So what is your next one-dimensional point that you may or may not actually believe in? Don't believe in it. Sure. So the next one is, I only need a few boxes of ammo. I cannot imagine needing more than two or three rounds per encounter if I do have to defend myself. Go, Glenn. Well, um, science would say otherwise and by science i mean all the police reports of so many encounters that the police have with people in self-defense situations uh, yes there are things uh, encounters that are solved in you know one two or three rounds and then there's a whole bunch of them that are solved in 30 rounds um, and so you always every single law enforcement person and uh and military person i've ever spoken with about this topic has said you will be blown away you will be amazed at how much ammunition you use and it is again it's sort of cartoonish and uh sort of like the movies movies it's yeah the movies one or two shots and you're done no it's actually several more than that Yeah, yeah in the movies somebody gets hit with a pistol shot and and their body flies like five feet. Uh, no, there are all kinds of well-documented instances where there will be people that are shot with multiple, say, nine millimeter rounds, like five, six, seven, eight, and they keep coming. And so, um, yeah, you're going to use a ton more ammo. Plus, this doesn't take into account training. And this, and you're assuming there's one perpetrator. Yeah, exactly. Very good point. There could be a bunch of them. Bad guys travel in packs. That's why you have 30 round magazines. It's to deal with it, that, right? If you're allowed to, depending on what what blue state you're living in, right? Exactly. So we have a few more seconds. I I agree with everything you say. I think if you have multiple perpetrators. Um, taking into account training or lack of training, taking into account that think, think about when you've heard of a police encounter, how many rounds both sides let off until the threat is diminished. So um, we have so much more to talk about with, with Casey in the after show, folks. We're going to wrap it up here. Uh, join us on the other side and we'll see you next week. And uh, folks, don't forget from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.